Well, hey, grab your Bibles. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. This morning, if you need a Bible under a seat close by, you'll find a black hardcover one. Grab that. Turn to the table of contents. Get to this book called Proverbs. Get to chapter 3. This is where we're camping out in God's Word this morning, and I hope you'll join me there with a Bible in hand. Um, but as you turn there, let me, let me see if I can recall a feeling you probably haven't felt in a little while. But let me ask this. Um, who remembers what it actually feels like to be lost while driving a vehicle? You remember that feeling? Like we live now in an age where we have GPS at our fingertips all the time. And I'm not talking like your GPS brought you to the right street and you're trying to find a building. I'm talking you're in the middle of nowhere with no resource to know where in the world you even are. So it's like two weeks ago, and I swear the name of this town was Nowhere, Indiana. I, I am, I'm... I, when I drove there, it was light out. I had a signal on my cell phone. Uh, my GPS took me right to the place. But when I left, it was night and it was dark and I could not get a signal on my phone to save my life. And I'm like, I'm a man. I can find my way out of here. Right, man? And I start, well, I start backtracking through these winding, wooded, middle of nowhere Indiana roads. And about 20 minutes in, I'm like, I should be back to the main drag by now. And I am just deeper in the dark of the woods. I'm like, this is what horror films are made of right here. No GPS on my phone. And I'm like, I felt two things that I hadn't felt in a long time. Number one, I'm like, I'm lost. And the second feeling was like, and I haven't felt this in forever. Um, being lost in the driver's seat is almost becoming a feeling of the past. Uh, speaking of the past, um, who remembers for most of your driving career, this was your navigation system? Yeah, raise your hand. Everyone under the age of 15, this is called a map. The Museum of Antiquities let me borrow it for the weekend. Do you know how much this was at the gas station? 640. I went in, I'm like, this will be 75 cents, six bucks on this. But who remembers being lost and being in like the driver's seat, like trying to figure out what exit did we just pass? What town was that? And piecing your way to the destination. I'm not even going to mess with trying to fold that back up. <laughs> and then this unbelievable invention of a website. Who remembers the use of MapQuest? Remember that? Honest now, who's still using MapQuest? Anyone? Wow. Get this guy a smartphone, okay? Like, you'd go on, you'd put in where you're going, you'd print out the directions, and you'd have this piece of paper with you, and it would navigate you. And then who owned like a Garmin? Who owned a Garmin? I feel bad that industry kind of short-lived because now GPS on our phone, everywhere we go, we use it to get across town, we use it to get across the country, and it's making this feeling of being lost in the driver's seat almost a thing of the past. But though being lost driving might become more and more rare, you and I both know this. The feeling of being lost in certain seasons of life is still very much a reality. Where it's like life just took an unexpected turn or life's taken a series of unexpected turns and we find ourselves kind of out on the dark, wooded, winding roads of life going, where am I? And how did we get here? And how in the world do we get out of here? I mean, some of us walk in here today and you're like, praise the Lord for a, 
a message on seeking the direction, seeking God's wisdom for direction in life, seeking God to tell me what to do or where to go because I am at an absolute loss for how to parent this child. And we've read the parenting books and we're trying to do everything that it's saying and we still feel just as lost as we did a year ago at this time. And you're just like, I'm at a loss. I don't know how to parent this kid. Some of you are here and you're like, the the last job was supposed to be the one that took me to the finish line of my career called retirement. And layoffs hit and I thought I was safe, but apparently I wasn't. And now interview after interview after interview. And all I keep hearing is the dreaded words that make my skin crawl. I just thought you're overqualified for what we're looking for. Others of us in here, three years ago, kind of the family picture was one big happy family. Now you look at it and you're like, just in a matter of a few short years later, we are one messy, separated family. God, we're lost. What do we do? But there's really, really, really good news that we have a good dad. We have a good dad in heaven who does not want to leave his kids wandering through life directionless. In fact, God's word, what we're we're gonna say today, what we're gonna study today is God's word actually says, he'll direct your path. He wants to direct our path. He wants to take us in certain seasons of life from the winding, dark, wooded, where in the world are we, roads of life. And he wants to start taking, come around side us, lead us right back. He doesn't want us walking around wandering lost. Is that good news? And some of us in here are like, I need that today, right now. Um, Two verses for us today. Two very, very, very well-known verses. I'm willing to bet that even if you don't have a ton of background with this thing called the Bible, you have no doubt seen these verses on a coffee mug. You've heard some Christians say these verses to you. And I'm willing to bet if you do have extensive background with this thing called the Bible, you have these verses memorized. But what we're going to see in these verses today are three direction-setting principles. Three direction-setting principles headlined by three direction-setting action words that we can take and leave. And if we need direction in life right now, we can go home, get after these things and let the Lord direct our steps. Three direct direction-setting principles right out of the word of God here this morning. But before we get in, let me pray and ask for his help. Father, When you sent your son here and when he walked with his feet on this earth, uh, it says that he saw the multitudes and he was moved to compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. If you don't direct us, Lord, we are sheep without a shepherd. If we don't submit to your wisdom, Lord, we will do what we think is wise and what we think is wise is pure foolishness. Lord, we're coming now and we're saying 
we beg you for your direction in our life. I speak on behalf, I pray to you on behalf of the people who are here who are begging you for direction in their family today, begging you for direction in relationships today, begging you for direction in their workplace today, begging to want to know, Lord, what do you want them to do in this next season? Lord, we want to humble ourselves, not lean on our own understanding, not trust in ourselves. And Lord, we want you to direct our steps. And so God, now would you come and would you speak to us through your word? We ask that your spirit right now, Lord, would drive your word deep into our hearts. Lord, please do it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 3, start with me in verse 5. The word of God says, trust in who? Trust in the Lord with what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Who's heard this? You got to memorize, you've heard it. You have a coffee mug in the cabinet with it on it right now. But, but what we have taken, and, and I fear, here's the deal. Some of the most... Uh, Verses that we can recall to memory the quickest, um, they can get watered down. They can lose their power. They can lose their punch. But there's a reason that the most well-known scripture are the most well-known scriptures because the profound truth that's packed into these is life-changing. And what we have here is is three action words that I hope by the end of our study in this are gonna jump off the page to us because here's something you need to understand about the Hebrew language. Uh, The Hebrew language is a language of imagery. When, when you study the Psalms, when you study the Proverbs, when you study different pieces of, of story or narrative in the Old Testament, the Hebrew language is one of the best languages as, of, as it writes, it's almost like a paintbrush. It's painting the picture for you. And what we have in these three action words that we're going to see here today are pictures that are being painted that I hope by the time we walk out of here have taken these verses from some Christian cliche that we throw around to powerful application truths. But get back here, beginning of verse five. First action word, trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Write this down. God's clear... God's clear direction for my life comes when, you ready for this? It's profound, life-changing, comes when I trust in him. It's deep stuff, huh? No, I know what you're thinking. You're all fired up. Yes, this is what we needed today. We needed a word from the Lord. We needed to know what he wanted us to do. This is is the message we needed. And you know what the pastor said? Just trust in the Lord. How many times that happened to you? A well-intentioned brother or sister in the faith. You're going through some of the deepest, darkest waters of your life. And they've, "Just, just, just trust in the Lord now. Thank you for that profound insight. But what, what we have here 
It's so much deeper than the cliche that we kind of grenade into other people's lives. I want us to see the picture behind this word trust we have in English. But the Hebrew behind here is this kind of trust. Trust means to lie helplessly face downward. That's the kind of trust this is getting at. To lie helplessly face downward. That there's a, a picture behind this. And at the risk of things getting awkward in here, I want you to see the picture behind this word trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. God, I need your wisdom to know, I need your direction to know how to parent this kid. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Are you tr- yes, I'm trusting. Are you praying? Yes, I'm praying. No, this is the picture. Awkward yet? There's something even in the posture of that that rages against the pride of our flesh. I'm telling you, I went back, Lord, am I really going to get on my face in front of hundreds of people on Sunday? There's something inherently in me that does not want to get on my face before the Lord and say, I got nothing, Lord. I can put no trust in myself or my wisdom in this. A hundred percent of my trust on my face in you for you to do this. God, we need wisdom for our marriage. This thing is a wreck. Hand in hand, at home, in the bedroom, door closed, on your face, before him. Lord, we got nothing. Absolute trust in you for for you to fix this. 18-year-old about to make like the biggest decision he's made in his life up to the point. Lord, where do you want me to go to college? Where do you want me to like flee the nest that has always been home? Like, where are you calling me? 18-year-old in his bedroom, on his face. Lord, I got nothing. I have no wisdom to lean on in this. On his face, complete trust. And you and I both know how hard it is for us to humble ourselves in word and in posture to get on our face, 100% trust. And look at what, go back to to your Bible. Trust, what's the object of the trust? Trust in who? Trust in the Lord. There's something about this of us laid out, staring into a carpet that's like, The only trust we have in you is in you, Lord. Trust in the Lord. How's that line end? With all your heart. With everything that you are. Face down in the rug. Complete trust in who he is with all that you are. Lord, we need direction. How many times have I said, Lord, I need direction. I need a clear word in this. You got to tell me what to do. You got to show me where to go and how unwilling I was to get down here and to stay down here until he made it clear. Because anyone with me, 
I can get down here. And two minutes later, I'm right back up doing it all on my own. Some of us just need to go home and bury our face in the carpet this week. Lord, we've tried everything. We got nothing. All our trust in all of who you are. And it doesn't leave it there though. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Next line. And do not, next action word, do not what? Do not lean. Do not lean on your own understanding. God's clear direction for my life comes when one, I trust in him. Two, I lean on him. Do not lean on your own understanding. Now, when we picture the word lean, what we think of is my shoulder resting up against a wall, part of my weight being supported by a wall. That's kind of our image of lean. Here's what I want us to see from what kind of what it's said in the Hebrew here. Um, this, this idea of lean is to put 100% of your weight on to put 100% of your weight on. And it's saying, do not put 100% of your weight on making decisions on direction for your life on your own understanding. Implied instead, put 100% of your weight on the Lord's understanding in this situation. So let me, let me show you what this looks like. Maybe as we think of 100% of our weight, uh, leaning with our shoulder against the wall isn't as um, close to the picture we want to get as sitting down is. Um, two chairs up here. The first chair is what I call an Erica special. My wife's name is Erica. And uh, there are times I'll walk in from work and she'll go, look what I got today. And I'll say, a chair without a seat. Please tell me we didn't pay money for that. No, no, no. I was digging around in trash and I found it. Oh, perfect. Perfect. It's going to hold our flower pots. Of course it is, right? And then she works magic with it and it does. Uh, chair number one, a rickety old, <clears throat> dug out of some trash, seatless chair. Chair number two, Pastor Corey's office chair. The thing's a cruise ship. If you don't know our student ministry pastor, he's about 6'3", 6'4", mountain of a man. We could fit like four of us in this thing. Uh, leaning on our own understanding, leaning on the Lord's understanding in the situations of life. We would not put 100% of our weight on this thing. It can't hold us. It was, it's not intended for how it's built to hold us. When we put when we lean, when we sit in the seat of our understanding, we're sitting in a seat that cannot hold us. It wasn't intended to hold us. And the Lord says, do not sit in the seat of your own understanding. Instead, when you need direction in life, sit in the seat of my understanding. It can hold you, it can, it, it can lead you, and it was always the seat that was intended to hold you in this. And now some of you are going, oh, cool pictures, cool chairs. What does it look like to not lean on my own understanding in life? 
because let me push back a little. God's given me a brain. He's made me a rational being. When I have big decisions to make in life, he does not fly one of those planes over my house that writes things in the sky and says, do this. How many in favor of that? So I'm reasoning things out. I have to seek the Lord in it. But at the end of the day, I got to make a call. I got to make a decision. How do I know which seat I'm sitting in as I make the decision? All true. God's given us a brain. We better be using them. We, he gives us the ability to reason some things out, to weigh pros and cons, to make decisions. Here's the key. As we reason, as we weigh pros and cons, as we try to think our way through things, have we saturated our minds and our hearts with what God's word says about that situation? Have we gone, here's what I'd really like to do in this situation. Here's who I'd really like to date. Here's, here's, here's what I really think would be best for me. But as I study God's word on that, it seems that he's telling me to go in a different direction than the path that I want to walk down. And so, even though it feels counterintuitive, and even though I think I know a better path, I'm choosing to not lean on my own understanding. Do not put 100% of my weight in this decision on what I think. And I'm choosing instead to let the filter of God's wisdom revealed to me in his word, lead me down the path he's calling me to walk. What's, what's this look like? Um, not a fictional story. 22-year-old 22 22 young man graduates from a prestigious East Coast college. Um, just graduating with a degree from this college is going to open up opportunities that other colleges don't, uh, but a very prestigious offer made to him um, by a small little financial in institution by the name of J.P. Morgan. And they say, uh, here's the deal. Um, we love you. You've showed yourself, I mean, like you'd be a great part of our team. First year, 120000 30000 sign-on bonus with us. They lay out a plan for him. We think within five years, you're looking at a million dollars a year. Millionaire by 27. Wisdom shouts what? Take the job. What are you praying about? And now listen, don't miss the heart of the illustration. For some people, yes, that is what wisdom. The point is, if you take a job that makes a lot of money, you're, not, you're outside of the wisdom of God. Not the point. Say not the point. The point is, this kid went back sat in the seat of God's wisdom and said, Lord, what are you calling me to? What do you want for my life? A very lucrative offer has just been placed on the table. Do you want me to walk down this path? And as he sought the Lord, and as he sought the Lord, and as he sought the Lord, the Lord said, politely decline. Are you sure? <laughs> Say no. If the fleece is wet tomorrow, then I'll know. 22-year-old young man walks back, says no to 150,000 guaranteed first year out of college because the Lord was calling him to join a campus ministry where he would raise his support. What were some of the people closest to his life saying about him in that? Fool! What you're doing isn't wise. 
You've been praying for the Lord to provide for you out of college. He gave you a job with that much money and you said no. And now you're raising support. And while all those voices are coming, the Lord is just gently whispering, do not lean on your own understanding. I got you. This is why. A recently retired couple in Chicagoland, um, their whole life up there, all their community, really good church family, strong friends around them, uh, recently retired, all their community up in Chicagoland, land down south with plans during their retirement years. They're at church one Sunday and they hear of a church that's being planted on the south side of Indianapolis. And the Lord just starts to prompt on their heart, Retire to Indy. Everyone's dream retirement destination. (laughs) Retire to Indy, where you know no one. And you're going to be a part of helping some church that doesn't even exist yet. Had this couple stayed seated in this chair, none of us would have blamed them if they would have went, but all of our communities up here, And Lord, our land, you remember the land with the plan? That's down there. But instead, this couple said, but we will not lean on our own wisdom. And they sat in the seat of God's understanding for their retirement years. And they retired to Indianapolis. And have faithfully and behind the scenes from before this day, before this church even launched, given their entire lives to the establishment of this church on the south side of India. Do not lean on your own understanding. Teens, college, listen up. Why do you want to date him? Why do you want to date her? I find them pretty attractive. Okay? And man, the personality, out of this world personality. Okay? And they're really funny. You would think they're so funny. Okay. And their walk with the Lord. Coming. They said God last week. And they said they'd go to church next Christmas. Get up out of the seat of your own feelings, your own wisdom, your own understanding. Sit in this chair and glance over and go, as much as I find myself drawn to that person, it seems that the wisdom of God would just tell me, don't flirt with that. Don't go there. Do not put 100% of the weight in a decision on our own understanding. Instead, put 100% of the weight as we seek the direction for life and what God has to say about it. It's really quite simple. If we want God's wisdom for the situation, we need to lean away from our wisdom for the situation. And that comes as we get down on our face in a 100% trust 
And as we get up out of the seat of our understanding and sit in the seat of God's understanding. And it says, do not uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean. Don't put the weight of this in your own wisdom, in your own understanding. And then look at how it continues to build. In all your ways, what's the word? In all your ways, acknowledge him. And now I've always wrestled with that. You know, as as familiar as this passage is, I'm like, because in in our language, when we talk about acknowledging something or acknowledging someone, what do we typically mean by that? I went to the store and uh, I'm coming home. I tell Erica, hey, I saw so-and-so at the store. Did you talk to them? I acknowledged them. What's that mean? I, I tipped the cap. I gave him a smile. I waved. I said kind of a cursory hello. And then I kept moving. Is that right? And what we see in this is actually what we can do a lot of times with the Lord when it comes to seeking direction for the plans in our life. We can interpret this to be kind of our English understanding of acknowledge. We go, Lord, I, uh, I got some plans for my life. And I've been kind of sketching them out and here's the 10-year plan, here's the 20-year plan. And um, Lord, I, I, kind of got, I kind of got it down here. And Lord, now if, 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 if we could do this, as I seek you for direction on this, Lord, if you could, um, if you could just take that and um, if you could give it a, a read through, make some minor edits, minor edits, nothing major. Um, and then when you get to the end, if you would, just throw your stamp of approval on that. And like, this is going to work real well. This word acknowledge that is a great translation of the Hebrew word. What doesn't translate as easily with our word acknowledge is what is packed behind this. In all your ways, know him. In all your ways, submit to him. In all your ways, know and submit to him. What this does is changes the picture from I'm writing out my direction for my life and Lord, you can edit and stamp your approval to now this is what is behind Proverbs 3, 6. Uh, Lord, here's the paper. Here's the pen. Denny, you dropped the Lord's pen. Here's the paper. Here's the pen. Before you write one word, the answer is yes. Before I read one word, the answer is yes. In all your ways, know and submit to him. And I don't know about you, but when I think about that, this, the rug, my face down in the carpet, 100% trust, this is humbling. To get up out of the seat of my own understanding and to sit in the seat of God's understanding, this is hard. to completely hand over both pen and page and say, before you write one word, the answer is yes. That can be downright terrifying. Just me? And yet, isn't the more terrifying thing 
that we would ever want the pen in our hand in the first place. Think about what happens when we, in all our ways, in everything about our life, hand over both pen and page. We've just handed it over to a perfect, all-knowing, sovereign, all-loving, wants the best for his glory, wants the best for his kids, heavenly father. And we said, you write the story. And he goes, gladly, it's going to be epic. God's clear direction for my life comes, lastly, when I simply submit to him. When I say, here's the pen, here's the page, you write your direction. Before I read one word, it's yes. And so all of this builds into what we've been getting at from the very first word of this message. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean in your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him. Last line, you tell me, what's it say in your Bible? And he will, and he will make straight your paths. Uh, someone tell me, how have you memorized that part? He will, he will direct your paths. I love the way the New Living Translation uh, translates this. He will show you which path to take. And so this week, um, maybe for the first time, would we kind of look over our shoulders and go, is anyone watching? Would we trust in such a way that we're lying face down going, God, I got nothing. Some of us this week just need time where we bury our face in the carpet and say, Lord, I've, I've tried reasoning my way through this. I've tried everything. We've read all the books. We've done all the seminars. We've, I got nothing. And then some of us this week, we need to do the hard thing of going, it's possible that I'm not qualified to make this decision, that I don't have the wisdom to know what to do, that if I lean on any part of my understanding in this, all that means is I'll probably take a wrong turn along the way. And we need to get up out of the seat of our understanding and sit down in the seat with God's word and go, Lord, would you show me what your understanding of this is? And then maybe the hardest part for all of us is to relinquish control, to pry our fingers off of the pen and off of the paper and to say, I've been brainstorming 10-year plans forever, Lord. You direct my path. And before I read one word, the answer is yes. When I trust in him and when I lean on him and when I submit to him, I'll receive direction from him. He is a good dad. 
who wants to direct his kids. And I just want to, in our closing minutes, just bow your head right where you're at. I want to close our time just in a spirit of prayer because I recognize with the amount of people that have sat in this room this morning in first service and in second service, many of you walk in here today and you need a clear word of direction from the Lord. You need, a, you need a clear direction for some family matter. You need a clear direction for some future um, thing that has come up. You need a clear word for some relationship. You need a clear word for some professional career thing. Um, would you just right now with your head bowed, just declare to the Lord, Lord, I, I will trust. I will lean I will submit. And whatever that is that you know in your heart and the Lord knows as he looks down on you, Lord, I I trust. I will lean. I will submit. Just stay in that spirit of prayer as the worship team just sings this over us as a prayer to our heart. We trust you, we trust you.